Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. All the opportunities that we have, the motives that we use. So it's not just the amount, but it's the motives, it's the desires of our heart, it's the passion, it's the zeal. All those things, after we become a Christian, God is building into our lives and using our lives to build His kingdom. So, if my motive's wrong, if I'm wasting my life on things that really have no eternal value, then what's going to happen is all those things are just burned. Imagine that you, along with everyone else in the world, were stripped of all your possessions, job, home, everything. Would people be able to describe you apart from those things? This is how it will be when we stand before the Lord. Our giving, our serving, our character. Only those things that have no monetary value or visible worth are going to matter. If you're wrapped up in money or things, nothing will remain. As a believer, we should be motivated to serve God and give in order to further His will. Examine your motives Consider where your heart is today, as we're challenged by the example set by David in First Chronicles. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of First Chronicles, chapter 28, verse 20, with today's study. pastor and a rabbi were discussing how they were paid for their services at their individual churches. The pastor said, well, at the end of a weekend, all the tithes and offerings are put in a large box. I close my eyes and put my hands in, and all that I can hold in my hands and remove from the box is my salary for that week. The rabbi said, well, I really trust God a lot more than you. I take all the tithes and offerings, I put them in the box, and I throw them up in the air. And I say to God, whatever you keep is yours, and whatever comes down to the earth is mine. (laughs) Now remember, we're in the process of David turning over the kingdom to his son Solomon. David wasn't allowed to build the temple himself, but as Solomon would build it. Let's look at verse chapter 28, verse 20. David also said to Solomon, his son, be strong and courageous and do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord God, my God, is with you. And he will not fail you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. Solomon is being encouraged by his father that he's about to undertake a building of an incredible temple that has never been accomplished before ever. I think there's a great personal application to this. Just keep your finger there and turn to 1 Corinthians. 
chapter 3. The Bible tells us, through Paul, the apostle, that we are building our own temple for God's use. In other words, we are to be working with God to build our own personal temple of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, let's look down at verse 10. If you're a Christian and you're here, you can look at your body, not your physical body, but your spiritual part of you. You are in the process of building the temple of God. When you became a Christian, the Holy Spirit came in you. And you became the temple of God. So every person that's a Christian here tonight is the temple of God. And we have a responsibility to work with God. As David said to Solomon, don't get discouraged. Don't look at the task ahead. You just keep your eyes on God. Now, sometimes when I look at how I'm doing spiritually, I can get discouraged. So I want to take my eyes off of that. I want to look at God because he's the one that helps me to grow and mature in my life. So Paul speaks to us about what's going to happen in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10. Remember, every single Christian here tonight is in the process of building their life. Paul says this, By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. Now, obviously, you can take this as individuals, or you can take it corporately as a church or whatever. I just want to take it individually. But each one should be careful how he builds. For no one can lay any other foundation other than the one that is already laid, which is Christ Jesus. So, if you're a believer, the reason you are a believer is because you've trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. That is the foundation upon which your life is being built. There is no other foundation. Every other foundation is no foundation. So for those of you that are here tonight and you haven't personally accepted the Lord yet, you're building a life, but you have nothing to do with the temple of God. And the only foundation that is ever laid is is based on Jesus Christ. If you base it on a church, it's no foundation. If you base it on your good works, it's no foundation. If you base it on any other thing than Jesus Christ, there's no foundation. So we have that foundation. You don't have to worry about the foundation. Then Paul says this, If any man builds on this foundation using gold... Silver, costly stones, wood, air, straw. His, and you might want to circle the word, work will be shown for what it is. Because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? Now, notice in those verses, there are two types of materials that we will be building with. Those that are lasting and those that are temporary. That are going to be burnt up. It just wasn't long lasting. Now, flip over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. As we're building, what kind of materials are we to be building with? Well, Paul says that we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, those of us that are Christians. 2 Corinthians 5, 10. 
We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in this body, whether good or bad. So when we stand before God as Christians, it has nothing to do with our salvation that's already guaranteed. But notice whether it is good or bad. When you look at the gold and the precious things, what that's talking about is, is our works for God that are based on the correct motive. So we're going to be judged on our works that we do for Christ, and we'll be given different crowns, rewards, based on what survives that judgment. Now, remember back in 1 Corinthians, it said the fire will test it. There are many people that believe what that refers to is when we went through the book of Revelation, remember they we had a picture of Jesus, and his eyes were as eyes of fire. So when we stand before him, you see, all of these things that we do, all the works that we do, including our witnessing, our talents that we've all been given, the different talents, how we use them, all the opportunities that we have, the motives that we use. So it's not just the amount, but it's the motives, it's the desires of our heart, it's the passion, it's the zeal. All those things, after we become a Christian, God is building into our lives and using our lives to build his kingdom. So, if my motive's wrong, if I'm wasting my life on things that really have no eternal value, then what's going to happen is all those things are just burned. I was reading an article just recently on how much time we waste, all of us, in front of TV. How our, our society has just gone to that place. And so instead of, instead of reading or sharing or spending time with people, we're in front of the crazy tube all the time, just absorbing idiocy, really. Don't feel condemned. That's not what I'm talking about. But I mean, if it absorbs your life, it's things in this earth, then it's really of no value. Now, when you look at your own life, what are our motives? We can never really know our motives. We think our motives are right, but sometimes they're not right. Now, who's going to (laughs) know? Oh, he knows. And really what he says is the gold, the silver, the stones, the wood, hay, and stubble, it's all kind of mixed together. And when he, whatever's left is going to be true. Now, that should challenge you tonight. That should challenge me tonight to use our time wisely and our talents wisely. Notice, we're going to stand there and how we're judged, our faithfulness, our testimony, our generosity, our use of time, all of these things are going to be open in our life. And what do you build it into your life? It would be a horrible thing to finish our lives as Christians and stand before God. And it's all gone. And the only thing that's left is our salvation. And the reason that's left, it wasn't based what? On our works. It was based on his works. So praise God. Notice in 1 Corinthians it says, you'll even be saved. Your salvation's okay. Everything else may be gone. So we're not worried about our salvation, but we want to have zeal. We want to have passion. So one of the things I challenge you to do, and I'm not going to spend a lot more time with this, but be heavenly minded while living on earth. C.S. Lewis made a great statement. He said this, live for earth. It's full of disappointment. Live for heaven and you enjoy life here and there. So 
take a look at your own life. Take a look at as if you were building. My wife and I were out walking this morning and looking at the different homes and whatever and the lots. And, you know, we looked at one lot. We said, man, it looks like just sand instead of dirt. Of course, in Florida, there isn't too much of the real dirt. There's mostly sand, whatever. Take a look at your own life tomorrow morning. Evaluate yourself. How's your motives? How's your zeal? See, I can't evaluate you, and you really can't evaluate me. And, and what you want to do, remember David said this, God, shine your light into my heart. Why am I doing things? Some of you, let me throw one out to you. I heard that verse before. I don't need to hear it anymore. Really? How's your motive? Not good? Because we need to hear it again. Because we need to be challenged. Because very easy to get off and forget that we're not living for this world. So Solomon was being charged by David. Don't, don't look at the task. You look to God. And I want to challenge you tonight. Don't look at the task. You just look to God. We're co-workers with him. And it's going to be all right. So it's a good thing for us to do is stop and evaluate. All right. Back to First Chronicles. And let's head right off to chapter 29. Then King David said to the whole assembly, My son Solomon... The one who God has chosen, you want to circle those words, is young and inexperienced. The task is great because the palatial structure is not for man, but for the Lord God. Now, why would God take this huge task of building this incredible temple and pick somebody, number one, that's young and totally inexperienced. What is wrong with God? Who would you pick? Can you imagine putting the resumes out? Let's see the guy's resume. 20 years of building, 45 years of maturity, failure, success. That's the one. Look at this kid. 20 doesn't even know what a hammer is. And who does God pick? Him. Why? Well, we're given an answer. I'll read it to you. It's found in the First Corinthians. It says this, verse 26. Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things... Of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Remember when Jesus picked his 12 disciples? What were they? Nobodies. Absolutely nobodies. Those nobodies in 30 years turned the world upside down. Listen to John MacArthur. By the way, God loves... Nobody's. John MacArthur says this. The world measures greatness by many standards. At the top are intelligence, wealth, prestige, position. Things which God has taken from the top and put at the bottom. God reveals the greatness of his power by demonstrating that it's the world's nobodies that are his somebody. What are you tonight? What am I tonight? Look at me. It's just amazing when you look at yourself and you realize, how could God use us? I'm like a nobody. 
But he likes using nobodies and turning them into somebodies. Remember, the Pharisees, Sadducees, they were shocked that these disciples were doing this. Who are these guys? They're not even educated. Remember the term in Acts? But they've been with Jesus. That's the key. God's turning nobodies into somebodies. Praise God. Verse 1, the last part of the verse says this. The palatial structure is not for man, but for the Lord God. Way back then, understand, God's priority is always people over buildings. The temple was for God and for the people to come. It really was going to be a palatial temple, but the focus always in the Bible is really not on buildings. It's on people. When you look at your life tonight, one of the things that I think is important for all of us, when we talk about the use of our time, when you look at your life as a, as a mom or a dad, I mean, the priority needs to be your children, people. It's not about the home you buy. It's not about the big boat that you buy. Nothing wrong with those things. You can afford them, go for it. But it's not about that stuff. It's not about the building. It's about people. All of this is excellent. All the artwork, it's incredible. But it's not about the artwork. It's about people. So a good way to judge your life is to look and say, what impact am I having? What time am I spending with people versus things? If most of your time is spent with things, and I'm talking your ministry time now, then you need to change some things and make it with people. You see, it's about people. Because that's the only thing that's going to last. These things are not going to last. Now, verse 2. David says now, as he says to Solomon, don't worry about this, we're going to build this for God. Because God loves people. With all my resources, watch when I read these verses how many times you see the word my. This is not negative, this happens to be positive. With all my resources, I provided for the temple of my God, gold, For the gold work, silver for the silver, bronze for the bronze, iron for the iron, wood for wood, as well as onyx for settings, turquoise, stones of various colors, and all kinds of fine stone and marble, all of these in large quantities. Beside in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal treasures of gold and silver for the temple of my God, over and above everything I provided for this holy temple." 3,000 talents of gold, 7,000 talents of refined silver for the overlaying of the walls of the building, for the gold work and the silver work, for all the work to be done by the craftsmen. Now who is willing to consecrate himself today to the Lord? David says to Solomon and to all the people there, he says to them, now I've been intimately involved planning and bringing the plans and and a lot of the material for this new structure. I'm not somebody that's aloof from God. I'm intimately involved with God. I have a passion for what God is doing in these things. And then David does this. And if you're a leader, I think it's incredible. David sets the example as a leader for the people, even in his giving. Notice in those verses, he gives millions of dollars in today's money from his own money market account. It's from his own accounts, my accounts, my stuff. David set 
forth example. Here's the statement I want to make to you tonight. If you're a leader, and this obviously even includes parents in home, but if you're a leader of a small group or whatever, we have to set the example. You cannot be an effective leader, really, unless you're a giver. Now, you know, I don't know who gives in this church. That's not a thing that we ever are interested in. I don't look at that. None of the pastors look at that. But when we bring a, an elder on, that is one question I always ask them. Are you tithing? Are you giving? I would never bring an elder on that God raises up. Besides, I don't believe God would ever raise one up that isn't giving. You see, we, can you imagine a pastor not tithing himself? Not giving generously himself and then teaching the word of God? What a joke. So I have to set the example. I do say it's not up to you. I set that example. Linda and I have set that, as you know, many times early in our lives. We just give. We love to give to God. Leaders, you can't be a taker. You can't look for the bennies. you got to be a giver. And David said, I just gave. And the people went, Wow, he gave from his heart. He gave. Now, I don't mean that we should just be a giver in money. If you're a leader, you need to be a giver in your time and your talents. One of the things I always hated at work at Wustoff was clock watchers. Always interested. Just give the bare minimum, not the rest. They never travel far. Now, you have to remember, in our lives... Who's our boss? It's God. And he gives us all the same number of hours. We all have different talents, but we all have the same number of hours. And I have a responsibility when I'm doing things to do with everything with excellence. Does that say anything to a non-believer? I hope it does. It says that we believe because we're really doing this not for this church. We're doing this for who? God. That's what it's all about. So remember... Leader, you have to set the example in every area of your life. Time, money, talent, resources. We are to set the example. Money always comes to the top, though, because it tests where our heart is. Luke 12, 34 says, this where your treasure is. There's where your heart also. At the bottom line, you know tonight we're selfish people. You know, I heard something just recently. God really spoke to me. It's kind of off the subject, but it fits. We are trying to protect our kids today, and I believe in Christian school, and I believe in homeschooling. But we're trying to protect our kids. But guys, you see, we're trying to protect our kids with all these external things. But their heart is selfish. And from the inside is where the problem is. The school can help a little bit like a parent does, but it's God is the only one that's going to change our kids. So those of you tonight that have been homeschooled and, and at Christmas school and we're building, doing Christmas school stuff and, and, the, and the Sunday night, that's great. But the purpose is to get God in their heart because the external jazz isn't going to do it. And the reason I came up with it, they're just as selfish as we are. In today's message from 1 Chronicles chapter 29, Pastor Mark gave us a life application from the text about David giving offerings for building the temple. When we're building a foundation for our own relationship with the Lord, we give freely and with a willing heart. Pastor Mark exhorted us to use our time, talents, and resources generously. 
When we look back at our lives, we'll see what we built was lasting. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. The messages that you hear each day here on Lessons for Living were produced from messages that Pastor Mark shared at the main campus in Melbourne. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, we'll consider not just giving of our time, money, and talents, but whether we're giving them with excellence. Giving and serving with right motives and a willing heart will produce fruit. Pastor Mark will challenge us to take what we learn and apply it, starting now. As we'll see as we continue through chapter 29, King David sets the example for the people as a person who gives. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right.